thank you very much, John Yvette and Bryce. Wasn't that a blessing? When you know it's so rewarding when you have a son and you bring him up in the fear of the Lord and you watch him grow up and then he can stand next to you like that and sing and give the word like that. It is a blessing. It is so incredible. And it's a tough act to follow. I'll tell you that. (laughs) A very tough act to follow. Shall we just open in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless us uh, today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. It brings joy and delight to our hearts because we know that it is a celebration of the birth of our King, our Lord Jesus Christ. So many people today don't even know the true meaning of Christmas. They put up the lights. They put up the tree. They give each other gifts. They take time off of work. They enjoy festivities and celebrations. But Christ is not in it. And it's so empty and so distressful, Lord, as we see our world crushed and broken under a load of sin. But we thank you, Lord, that we have found the meaning of Christmas. We have not only found the meaning of Christmas, but we have found the meaning of life and eternal life through him who loved us and died for us. Lord, may you teach us from your word today and inspire us and encourage us to go forth with the Christmas message in word and in action so that we can be a blessing to our world and bring the light of Christ to this dark world. We pray, Lord, you'll hide me behind the cross and speak through the word today. May it be an encouragement to all in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Christmas time is a time of giving gifts. And we all love to give and receive gifts. But our Lord Jesus Christ said this. He said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I think when you look around and you realize that December 25th is Jesus' birthday. And it's a time that we can give back to him a gift. What do you think the Lord would like for his birthday? What kind of gift would be special for the one who is king of kings and lord of lords? The one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who has everything under his disposal and his care. There's one thing that you have and one thing that I have that we can give to him that he doesn't already have. It's our hearts. It's our hearts. That's the gift that the Lord wants to give us to give at this Christmas season. And not to just give part of our heart or most of it. He wants it all. All given to him. You know, over these last few months, we've been singing a number of Christmas songs. We've been learning them in the choir and we sing them every day practicing and practicing these songs. And they start to impact your life as you go over them. I mean, every choir member will tell you that these words are rich. They're, not, they're beautiful tunes too, but they're beautiful words. And one of the songs that we have been singing that has just incredibly blessed me is the one, More Than Gold. Let me read you what the chorus says. It says, More than gold, I will offer to my Jesus more than gold. All my heart is what will please him more than all the vaults of earth can hold. He wants me more than gold. Did you think about that? The Lord Jesus wants you more than all the vaults of gold of this world. He wants you. He wants me. He wants us to be with him in glory and in heaven forever. That's his heart's desire. That's the gift he wants you to give to him this Christmas. Give him your heart. And may the Lord encourage us to realize that that is a gift that we can all give. Today, we're going to talk about a woman, a woman who is associated with the Christmas story, 
A woman who had been waiting for the coming Messiah for many years, an older woman, an aged woman, and a woman who had the opportunity with her two eyes, though the eyesight was failing, to see Jesus face to face. And it was something that touched her heart and challenged her life and changed her life completely. And that woman is known as Anna, the prophetess. Turn with me this morning, if you would, to the second chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 2 and verse 36. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. Actually, from the last message I was going to give, I was going to speak on this, but the Lord gave me a different message. And this time he said, now is the time to give this message. So I said, okay. So praise God. May it touch your heart. I was been reading in Luke not too long back and it's such a blessing. The Christmas story. But here we see a woman named Anna and we're going to read her story and share on it this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to all those who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. I think it's going to be great when we get to heaven because we're going to be able to meet all these Bible characters that we read about here on earth. We're going to be able to find out from them what it was like going through these experiences firsthand. And we're going to be able to share what our lives have been like in Christ, too. It's going to be a time of rejoicing and sharing in the glory above. Well, today we're going to look at three things about this wonderful lady that really blessed my life and hopefully will bless your life, too. Number one, she stayed where God put her. Number two, she served where God put her. And number three, she spoke of Christ where God put her. You know, one thing that you can say about Anna, she was totally sold out to the Lord. She was not distracted by the things of this world. She loved the Lord and she spent all her time in worship and praise and thanksgiving to him. And she was among the very first who got to see the Lord Jesus when he came into the temple with his parents, when they brought in the baby Jesus in there. She was a great lady. She leaves behind a legacy. And whether you're a man or a woman, you can be blessed by this story as I have been. Well, let's look first of all as she stayed where God put her. I like how the text simply says as it starts, now there was one Anna. And I thought about that. There was one Anna. And the name Anna means favor or grace. And surely she lived up to her name. She really did. And it's also from the same Hebrew word as we have Hannah in the Old Testament. Two great women who loved the Lord very much. But I like how it says there was one Anna. And I thought to myself, there is one Dean. There is one Ron. There is one Mike. There is one Turhan. We are unique individuals that the Lord loves very much. They tell us, scientists tell us, that no two people have the same DNA. No two people have the same fingerprints. No two people have the same personality. You could have twins and they can be so much alike with their chromosomes and all of that, but they're still two different people. 
And God loves us and he has a unique plan for each one of our lives, just like he did for Anna here and how he does for us as well. Each one of us are different, but we all come to the same Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what was such a blessing about this lady? It says that she was a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. You know, there's not very many prophetesses mentioned in the Bible. I was looking it up in my concordance and I found about the word prophet is found 242 times. Prophet. But you know, the word prophetess is used only eight times. It's only mentioned eight times. And there's only seven women known as prophetesses in the Bible. And only five of them were good. It's amazing. It's amazing. The first prophetess mentioned in the Bible is Moses' sister Miriam. She was a good prophetess. She praised God. She led the worship among all the women in the, in the nation of Israel as they came out of the Red Sea and they praised God for their redemption. She was a prophetess and a very good lady. Deborah, the first judge, was also known as a prophetess in, in the book of Judges, chapter 4 and verse 4. Then there was a lady named Huldah and she was a counselor in the days of Josiah the king. She was a prophetess also. Then there was a lady named Noadiah, and she, here we go, was not a good prophet at all. She was among the bad prophets that opposed Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the walls and the temple in Jerusalem after the captivity. And then there's an unnamed prophetess. It says, Isaiah married. He says, then I went to the prophetess and she conceived and gave birth to a son. So she was a prophetess too, unnamed. And then we have Anna. She's the sixth one. And then the seventh one is really not a prophetess at all. She's a so-called prophetess, Jezebel. She called herself a prophetess, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20. So you see, there's very few women in the Bible that hold the honored title of being a prophetess. Somebody who loved the Lord and was in contact and communication with him and was able to speak forth the word of God. I think Sylvia is a prophetess myself. Now, we might not say it in a full title like that, but she is. She is. And we thank God for the ministry that God has brought forth in this church among the women. The church is strong today because of the godly foundation of godly mothers and wives in this assembly. And we're very, very thankful for them. And it tells us that she was the daughter of Phanuel. That is identical with the name Penuel, which means the face or appearance of God. And I thought, you know, when people came into the temple and they saw Anna, you know what they saw? They saw the face of God. And that's one of the greatest compliments any Christian can get if they can see Jesus on your face. Yes, he's in our hearts, he's in our lives, but he should also radiate on our face. We should have faces of joy and happiness when we see people like Ron was sharing today. And it is so true. A Christian cannot go around and be melancholy like we were baptized in lemon juice as they say. <laughs> Christians should rejoice. We should be happy. Now, we don't always have happy circumstances. This lady had a lot of very negative things that happened to her. But you know what? She rose above it. She rose above and she was able to praise God for what God had done in her life. She didn't get bitter. She got better. And praise God for that. We see that she was not a rich woman either. In fact, she didn't have a home. She didn't have any money. She didn't have any great wardrobes of clothes. She didn't live in a, in a fancy house or anything. She lived in God's house. 
So God says, Anna, come and live in my house and I'll take care of you. God has a special love for widows. He really does. And if you're a widow here today, God loves you with a special love. He did in the Old Testament. He does even still today. He gives special care and concern and love to the widows and takes care of them. And he did with this lady, Anna. Yes, she wasn't rich in this world's goods, but she was rich in faith, rich in wisdom, rich in the word of God. And she loved the Lord so much. Does this describe your life today? Are you rich in the Lord? That's what really counts because we're going to leave behind when we leave this world. We're going to leave behind riches. We're going to leave behind the boats and the cars. We're going to leave behind the bank accounts and 401ks. We're going to leave behind all of it. And we're going to go to be with the Lord. And even if a person's unsaved, they're going to leave it all behind too. But they won't be with the Lord. So the key is, are you rich in Christ? That is the key. I also like the fact that the Scripture tells us here that she was of a great age. It tells us here that she was probably, commentators say she was probably well over 100 years old. Because of the text, the way it words it, probably over 100 years. Because she was married for seven years and her husband died. And then she lived as a widow for 84 years after that. So if you calculate how old she was probably when she got married, how long she had been a widow, probably over 100 years old. It's amazing. But she was not ready for the retirement home. She was not ready to retire. She wanted to keep serving the Lord until he came, until she saw the Messiah with her eyes. And she had a chance to do that. It's a wonderful thing. But think about it with me today with your sanctified imagination. Imagine a Jewish woman in this culture where if you're not married, there's a stigma. If you don't have kids, there's a big stigma. And if you don't have sons, it's an even bigger stigma. She had none of those things. And you can imagine that people probably look down upon her. They probably say, what happened to you? Why did God take your husband? What did you do wrong? And, you know, they probably talk about her behind her back. Did you hear about Anna? Her husband died. They were only married seven years. What happened? What happened? But you know what? Anna rose above that. And she thanked God because she knew that the Lord had done something better in her life. She, she knew that God had a plan for her life that was going to be different than her neighbors and different than her friends. He had something even more special for her. And that's what we as Christians should be able to do. We should realize that God is not in the cookie cutter business. He doesn't make all of us Christians this way and say, well, every Christian has to be married. Every Christian has to have three kids. Every Christian has to have this career or every Christian has to do that. God is in the unique business of doing things in our lives that is best for us. And he did that for Anna the prophetess. And she became a great lady. But can you imagine? I'm sure she had her tough days where she probably thought, Lord, I was only married seven years. I never had a chance to have kids. I never had a chance to have grandkids. And it probably saddened her. But the Lord reminded her, look what I've done for you. Look what I've done for you. Look what I've given to you. And that's what the Lord has to do for us too. We sometimes get discouraged. We get down. Things happen in our lives. And maybe you're in that position this morning. Just remember, God loves you. He loves me. 
He has a plan for our lives. He has everything under control. He knows exactly the kind of life he wants you to live for him and what he wants me to live for him. And so many times people say, well, it's not the normal life. I don't have the normal life. Why don't I have what he had? Why don't I have what she had? Don't say that. Say, I have what God has given me. It's unique to me. And he does that for us in our lives. Now, there's nothing wrong with being married, nothing wrong with having kids, nothing wrong with this kind of thing. But he had a plan for Anna and he has a plan for us that may be unique. And it is unique. And I think the more that Anna realized that, the more she fell in love with the Lord. She says, wow, I get to live in the temple. Can you imagine that? I get to live in God's house. That was something that not too many people had to experience. They lived in their own homes and they came into the temple to worship. She lived in the temple and spent her days in worship. And that is a tremendous blessing. I can't tell you how happy that would make me to to have a joy like that. And I'm sure that it was the best thing for her. I think about a lady named Johnny Erickson Tata. How many have heard of her? Johnny Erickson. She's known as Johnny Erickson Tata now. Just think, if Johnny had not dived into the water that day, it's been many, many years ago, and become a paraplegic, she can't use her hands, she can't use her legs, she can't use her feet, she uses her mouth. She puts the pen in her mouth and does beautiful paintings, beautiful drawings. She writes songs that she can sing to the Lord. She gives books and devotionals and all these things. And I think hundreds of people have been blessed by her life. Thousands of people, even millions of people have been affected by this one woman. And if she had not had that accident, her life would not have been the same. She would not have blessed so many people. And she was one of the first to tell us that at that time in her life that that happened, she wasn't walking close with the Lord. Oh, she was a Christian, but she wasn't walking close with the Lord. She wasn't serving him. And when God allowed that, it was the best thing that happened to her because God brought out from the pain beautiful flowers of joy and blessing. And we sometimes don't understand the way God is working. We say, Lord, if I hadn't, if I don't have this condition, if I don't have this illness, if I don't have this weakness and this, this discomfort, I could be more affected. He says, no, because you have it, I'm going to give you grace and you're going to be more effective. You're going to be able to praise God in the midst of your affliction. Think of Fanny Crosby could not see. From her birth, she was born blind. But she loved the Lord and she wrote beautiful hymns. Now, if she hadn't been born blind, you think some of those hymns would have been written? Maybe not. But thank God, when God allows something to happen in your life or in my life, it's for the good. We should never get discouraged and say, well, why did this happen to me? Woe is me. No, God is good and he is gracious and he has done great things through us and he will continue to do it. And you know what? She stayed put. God says, come and live in my house, Anna. And she says, well, but I'm going to miss out on so many things. No, you're not going to miss out. You're going to have something better. And God always has better. If he takes something away from you, he gives you something back better. Always, always. And she stayed put. And it says in this passage that she served God night and day with fastings and prayers. Night and day fastings and prayers. That was an amazing thing. And just think, as people came into the temple to worship every day that they came in, they saw Anna and they saw her growing up and growing older. She was a young lady when she came and now she's an older lady, an aged lady. But she still has that love of the Lord and I'm sure the face of 
of the Lord was upon her face and she brought joy and encouragement. And I'm sure the little kids and I'm sure the, the adults too always said, we're going to see Anna today. She'll be there. She'll be there. She's always there. Herbert Locker in his book, All the Women of the Bible, said about this. He said, when death ravaged her own home, Anna turned from all legitimate concerns to join the band of holy women who devoted themselves to the continual attendance at the night and day services of the temple. She was no occasional attender or dead member, but a constant devout worshiper. Her seat in the temple was always occupied. What an inspiration to worshipers of this sort are to a faithful pastor who feels that he has more liberty and freedom to preach the word because of their prayer support. When their seat is empty in the church, he knows that there must be something unusual accounting for their absence. You know what? Every one of us have our favorite seat, don't we? We know that that one's mine there on the end in the front. We know Alan likes to sit third row back, first seat on the left. I mean, we all have our seat. And when we're not in our seat, God knows we're missing. Adel and Sylvia, they know we're missing and they love us and we all love each other and we miss each other. She had a seat in the temple and it was always occupied. May God help us to be faithful like this, to always have our seat occupied. I look over, I see Ron sitting there. I see Milton. I see Jeff where he said, everybody has a place. And we thank him for his love for us. We can ask ourselves, am I in the place that God has called me today? Am I staying in that place? Am I honoring him and occupying the life and ministry that the Lord has given to me? So that was the first thing about Anna. She stayed where God put her. Secondly, not only did she stay where God put her, but she served where God put her night and day. Can you imagine some people today when bad things happen, they don't serve. They say, well, I can't serve. I'm going to wait till this thing passes. It's like a dark cloud over my head and I just better wait until things get better. And then I'll serve Christ. No, it doesn't happen. Serve Him now and He'll make things better. That's the key. He'll make things better in our hearts, even though the circumstances may not change. He's with us. He gives us a future that's a hope and a blessing. And praise God for that. You know, society today looks down on mothers who stay home with their kids, don't they? They really do. It's sad. When you have a woman that stays home with their kids, they say, oh, she's just a housewife. She just stays at home. Well, what does she do? What's her job? She, well, she takes care of the kids. They look down on that. They, you know what? God looks up on that. He considers that particular role of a woman as being the most special and unique of anything. And he blesses that. And he blessed Anna, too, because he saw that her heart was right and she had a good attitude and a thankful spirit. She was content with what God gave her. You say, well, Anna, how can you be content? You don't have anything of your own. I don't need anything of my own, she'd say. I have everything of God. And that's the way we are today. We may not have everything this world has to offer. We have everything God has to offer. And that's all that counts. That's all that really matters. And she learned the secret of being content. And that's a, it is a secret, like Paul said in, in Philippians, because we have to learn the secret of it. The human nature is, I want, give me, let me get this. Contentment from the Lord is, I have everything I need. I don't need anything else. I have Christ. Yes, she was a woman of honor, a blessing, and she got to see the Messiah face to face. 
And you can say to her, well, don't you miss it? I mean, you don't have a marriage. You don't have kids and grandkids. You don't live in the upper district of Jerusalem in a nice house. She would say, I have something better. And when God gives you something, He gives it to you better. Like Ada likes to say, the best is yet to come. Thank God. The best is yet to come. And you can just imagine that what she did is she revolved her whole life around the Lord instead of the other way around of revolving her life, the Lord around her life. Think about that. Think about that for a second. You can do one of two things as a Christian. You can either revolve your life around the Lord. In other words, He's the priority. Everything I do is around Him. It centers around Christ. He is my all in all. He is my everything. Or you can say, I'm going to fit Jesus in where I can. I'm busy. I've got work. I've got career. I've got to work overtime. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Very busy. I'll, I'll fit Jesus in somehow. No. A true Christian who loves the Lord is like this. We, we fit our lives around the Lord. We make our lives fit Him instead of the other way around. That's what Anna did. And that's why she was such a great person in her life. Yes, disappointments hit her like they do us. But she didn't get down. She delighted in the Lord. There's that word delight. We had it in Scripture memory class today. She delighted in the Lord. Because you know what? Anna was a giver, not a taker. She was giving out all the time. And that's what the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to be servants. He wants us to be givers. Well, again, put on your sanctified imagination and pretend you are a reporter. And you've been hired to go by the Jerusalem Daily. And you're going to go and interview Anna the prophetess and find out more about this lady. Somebody has said that this lady is in the temple all the time and, and it's an amazing thing and she's older now and maybe you get a good interview out of her. So the reporter goes and he says, I'd like to interview you, Anna. She says, OK. So he comes down and sits down next to her and he says, how long have you been here in the temple, Anna? She says, well, my husband died when we had been married after seven years and so I've been here well, over 84 years. Wow, that's a long time. Well, tell me, what, what do you do during the day? What do you do to, uh, here in the temple, uh, Anna? I serve God in fastings and prayers day and night. Wow, day and night. Ooh, that's a long time. Well, don't you miss the world? I mean, there's so many things happening in Jerusalem. We have festivals and, and we have the Passover going on and we have feasts and things going on all the time. Don't you miss all those things? No, I miss heaven. And I'm going to go there pretty soon. As soon as my Lord says your time on earth is up. Wow, that's amazing. Well, tell us, tell us, Anna, for all our readers in Jerusalem here, what has been the highlight of your life? If you could... Pick one thing that really was the highlight of your life. Tell me what was it? Oh, that's easy. It's the day that Mary and Joseph came in with their firstborn little baby, a little boy, and they brought him in. And I knew at that instance that something was different here because I heard in the other room, Simeon, and he has a loud voice, was blessing God for the newborn king. And I came in and at that instance, I saw him and I was thrilled. That is the highlight of my life. You can imagine if they printed that article in the paper, what joy that would bring to all the citizenry of that town in Jerusalem. Yes, she had a thrilling experience. I can ask you this morning, if somebody was to say to you, what was the most thrilling experience, the best thing that ever happened to you, what would your answer be? How would you answer the reporter when he said to that? 
Would it be the day I got saved? It should be. If it's anything else, sorry, it's not going to cut it. You know, it's amazing to me when I hear the athletes that saying, oh boy, I won the Super Bowl today. This is the best day of my life. Or I won the U.S. Open golf tournament. This is a great day. And you ever see the, the players that win? They put that big trophy up. They kiss it. And then they hold it up. I won this. I won this. That's not the way we should be. That's not how our salvation works. We don't kiss a trophy and hold it up and say, this is me. Look what I've done. Our salvation is better than that. We say, thank you, Lord. It's what you have done for me. That's the trophy. That's our salvation. That's given by God. And it's totally unmerited. Totally by what we have done. So we see that this woman stayed where God put her and she served where God put her. You know, so many people today, they say, well, in order to serve, I must have to go over to India or Africa or somewhere across the globe and be a missionary. You don't have to do that. If God calls you to that, fine. But you can serve right here where you are, right in the San Ramon Valley Bible Church, right in the San Ramon Valley, right in wherever city you're living in. Livermore? Yes. San Ramon, Danville, Alamo, Walnut Creek, wherever you live, right where God puts you. You can stay there. You can serve there. And now, as we're going to see, you can speak for Christ there. You know, once Anna had seen the baby Jesus, she couldn't talk, not stop talking. She couldn't stop talking. Look at that in verse 38. It says, And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for the redemption of Israel. Wow, I see Anna even more happy today. What is it, Anna? Why are you so happy? You're just... You're just smiling even more than usual. And she would tell him, I have seen the Messiah. The Messiah, where is he? Well, he was just here. He was a little baby. A baby? Yes, he was born as a baby. And he was going to grow up and he's going to redeem Israel. And he's going to save us. And she told the story to all those who would listen. And I can imagine that it must have been a blessing each and every day of her life. They say, many commentators, that Anna really was the first missionary in the New Testament. First missionary. Because once she had seen Jesus, she told the message that the Messiah had come. May God help us to be missionaries too. And to realize that He has a unique plan and mission for us in our lives to serve Him and to honor Him. You know, she was a thankful woman. Notice it says she gave thanks. She was thankful. She didn't complain. She gave thanks. And I thought about it. Anna did not see her glass in life as half full. And she didn't see it half empty either. She saw it full, full to the brim. So many times in life, there's that comparison. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? And the optimist thinks, well, the glass is half full. And the pessimist thinks it's half empty. Get rid of that half. God has filled us all the way up to the brim and overflowing. My cup overflows, the scripture says. With the love of the Lord. No husband? No problem. No kids? No problem. No house? No problem. No money? No problem. Why, Anna? Why isn't it a problem? Because I have the Lord in my life. He makes my life rich and full and meaningful. And I can go to work tomorrow on Monday morning, and nobody likes Mondays, but I can go into that office and I can greet all the people as I do, and I can be thankful that He's given me a job. He's placed me where He wants me to be. He's given me so many blessings. And may the Lord help us to realize that at this Christmas season, Jesus is the reason for the season. And we have all that we have because of Him. 
You know, a few years ago, I spoke up here, here on the pulpit and I said, you know, it's so sad that they're taking Christ out of Christmas. And I said, what do you have left when you've taken Christ out of Christmas? You have mass, you have a mess, you have nothing. Well, today, I'm sad to say that it's even worse than that. Because not only have they taken Christ out of Christmas, they've taken Christmas out of Christmas. They're not saying Merry Christmas anymore. They're not wishing, Christmas is not even mentioned anymore. We're in the holiday season, the holiday spirit, holiday parties, holiday trees, winter events and things like that. It, it's sad. It's really sad. Because as Bryce was saying up here today, it's Jesus. And he wants everybody to know that all the tinsel and all the lights and the trees and all the gifts are because of Jesus. We celebrate Christmas because of him. Anything else is really a vain celebration. It's empty. It's really empty. But thank God that we can look at the life of a woman like this who loved the Lord so much and didn't complain about her life, but was thankful and was able to serve and to praise God even under very difficult circumstances. So may the Lord help us to remember God wants me to stay put. He wants me to stay where He's put me. He wants me to serve where He's put me. And He wants me to speak of Him wherever I go, the good news of the Gospel. I mean, she had a great message. The Messiah is born. We have an even greater message. He came. He died. He rose again. He ascended to heaven. And He's coming back. And just like Anna waited for the Lord the first advent, His first advent, we wait for the second advent of Christ, His second coming. And it could come at any time. Are you ready for that coming? She was ready. She was ready when the Messiah came and she knew Him right away. Are we ready for His second coming? Because it's not going to be a visible second coming. He's coming in the air to take all true believers up. There'll be no time to get saved. There'll be no time to to get right with God at that point. If you're not saved, the rapture happens. All true believers gone. All true unbelievers left behind. We don't want to be left behind. May the Lord help us to say this Christmas season, Lord, I want to give you the best gift I have, my heart. I want to give you my life, Lord. I don't know what you have in store for me tomorrow or in a week or a month or a year or what when you're going to come, but let me live the rest of my life with this in mind that you have called me to be like Anna the prophetess who gave everything to the Lord and lived that way all the days of her life. Shall we just close in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank You that we're challenged by this lady, Anna the prophetess, a great lady. I can't wait to meet her in heaven and greet her and talk to her and all the other saints that will be there from the Old Testament, New Testament, and even in our contemporary times. And Lord, we just thank You for loving us so much and we thank You for the Christmas message that our Lord Jesus Christ came, Father, sent by You to die for us and bring us eternal life. Lord, may that be the thrill and the joy of our lives that we have been saved. And we have a personal relationship with You, Lord Jesus. And we love You. And no matter what the circumstances are or whatever storms we have in our life today, we thank You that we can rise above them and we can thank You and serve You and say, Lord, everything that I have is from You. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Lord, accept our thanks. Help us to enjoy this Christmas season, to rejoice in You and to realize that You, Lord Jesus, are the meaning of Christmas. May it never be lost upon those who truly look for You. We ask this in Your precious name. Amen.